Mike Check 717. This is Eric T. Jones, a.k.a. Brother Jones, and I just need five minutes of your time. Today, I'm going to discuss an experience I had with racial profiling, but the perpetrators weren't white. Instead, they were black. I initially posted an Instagram story about this experience, trying to provide some comic relief. But after pondering on this encounter over the past week, I decided to gather my thoughts and produce an episode about it. Last Saturday, my fiance Shayna and I attended a wedding in Baltimore, Maryland, where we celebrated my dear friend and line brother, Marcus, and his now wife, Tara. The day before the wedding, Shayna wanted to pick up some cosmetics, and I wanted some new cologne. So we decided to go to Sephora. When we entered the store, there was a security guard, a black woman to our right, who greeted us and asked if we were looking for anything in particular. To be honest, I was caught off guard because outside of saying hello, I don't want any interaction with the security guard because I don't want no trouble. After we kindly declined her help, the security guard informed us that if we find ourselves needing help, the women dressed in black can help us. We already knew that, but we said thank you and kept it moving. As Shane and I proceeded toward the back of the store where the smell good was located, minding our business, we were back there for no more than a minute when the security guard walked past us like she was taking a brisk walk in a park. Something in my spirit told me this isn't right, so I nudged Shayna to inform her that I think the security guard is monitoring us. The look on Shayna's face confirmed I was on to something. Afterwards, I turned toward the security guard and informed her that I feel like you're following us and I don't appreciate it. She claimed I wasn't the case, she was only doing her job. I responded to her saying, yeah, I get that, but we were only here for a brief moment and I find it ironic that you just so happened to walk past us so soon. She was persistent in her denial, so I let it go before I got into bad trouble. Consequently, I decided I wouldn't be doing business with Sephora that day, but Shayna needed her cosmetics, so she continued shopping. I ain't judging her. We gotta do what we gotta do sometimes. I get it. Once we departed from the cologne and perfume section and browsed through the rest of the store, I noticed minutes later that a black beauty advisor was apparently keeping a watchful eye over us, trying to act inconspicuous but failing miserably. In retrospect, I wonder if the security guard shared a few words with her about her suspicion, but I can't say whether that's true or not. Again, I nudged Shayna, informing her of the beauty advisor. The look on Shayna's face confirmed that I was still onto something. Keep in mind, at this point, we still haven't been helped by any of the beauty advisors. As a result, I told her we must report this unpleasant experience at the checkout. Shayna agreed. To be fair, we were eventually helped by another beauty advisor, but the damage was done. While at the checkout, Shayna informed who I believe may have been the beauty lead advisor, a white woman, about her experience. She was appalled to say the least, apologized profusely, and seemed genuinely concerned. She asked if we could point the beauty advisor out. We snitched, and she informed us that she will have a conversation with the security guard and beauty advisor, and that we can also report our experience online. As Shayna was checking out, she received notice that she reached VIB status. I so wish the security guard and beauty advisor were there to see it. Anyway, when we approached the exit, the security guard was standing nearby. She said goodbye. I gave her a slight head nod, refusing to make eye contact. Shayna said I was rude for not saying goodbye. I replied that I recall giving her a head nod. I don't know if the security guard saw it or not. At least I did some form of acknowledgement. Hey, I'm a cancer. I can't help it. I have an older ego called Petty E. And to my defense, she had an opportunity to apologize and explain herself, but refused to. So it's whatever at that point. Okay, story over. What's crazy about this situation is that a white woman had a conversation with black women about racial profiling. 
However, the reason I'm telling this story is because the tools of racism can be utilized by black people too. I can talk all day about the racism some white people perpetuate. However, black people aren't exempt, including myself, from stereotyping. It'd be your own people sometimes. In this case, a black security guard and beauty advisor made me feel like Shana and I's presence in Sephora signaled that we're more likely to commit theft than make a purchase. I don't know what experiences led him to treat us in this manner, but several years ago, I decided to let people know how I feel in situations like this so they can have an opportunity to explain themselves and clarify any misunderstanding. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Either way, I'm not going to allow anyone to dismiss my feelings when I know what it is or what it possibly could be. I'm human, I could be wrong, but I got an eye for these things. I'm a six foot three, 210 pound, all muscle, dark skinned black man who's hyper aware of how some people perceive me. The point is, call out injustice regardless of who the perpetrator is. To be fair to Sephora, I give them credit for commissioning the first ever large-scale study on racial bias in retail, which occurred between 2019 and 2020. Their study underscored five truths that define retail shoppers' experience with racial bias. I'm not going to list all five, you can look that up yourself, but two truths resonated with me regarding my experience. Number one, U.S., Black, Indigenous, and people of color shoppers feel in-store interactions are driven by their skin color, appearance, and ethnicity. And number two, U.S., Black, Indigenous, and people of color retail shoppers use coping mechanisms such as shopping online to minimize and avoid an anticipated bias experience when in-store. Whenever I go into a retail store, more times than not, I select my outfit based on what will decrease my chances of being profiled. At the same time, this strategy has failed me one too many times. As a result, I'm more comfortable shopping online. I realize it's not my clothes, it's my color. Based on this study, Sephora created an action plan concerning in-store experience and operations. This includes the following. A. Roll out a new greeting system across all stores to ensure a more consistent experience for all store visitors upon entry. Shannon and I weren't appropriately greeted. B. Create new training modules required for all beauty advisors that better define what client engagement should look like at each point in the shopping experience and what behaviors will not be tolerated. I don't know if that beauty advisor did a training, but based on our behavior, I will lean towards no. C. Reduce the presence of third-party security vendors in stores and utilize more in-house specialists with the goal of providing better client care and minimizing shoppers' concerns of policing. As you know, I felt the presence of that security guard the moment I walked into the store up until I left. Ironically, Shana received a call from the store manager today. Although I didn't speak with her, I appreciate the care and concern which Shana conveyed to me. I have no issue with the security guard and beauty advisor at the end of the day. People aren't perfect. We make mistakes from time to time. But we must learn from our mistakes to evolve. I appreciate Sephora for making an effort to improve the customer experience. Still... I had to get this off my chest for my own mental health and encourage people to speak up on their experiences with racial profiling. That's the only way we can heal. Well, I'm done for now. Keep your head on the swivel until next time.